Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Hi, good morning, Vanguard. Um, For those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Micah Schwartz, and I'm the student pastor here. Um, Kelly wanted me to tell you guys of a miracle that happened this week at Vanguard. Um, As of today, Tasha has stuck up with him for 29 years. Um, So he is celebrating his anniversary, um, and I get to be with you guys this morning. Um, I'm extremely honored and privileged to be up here. See, I grew up at Vanguard. Uh, My family started attending here when I was two. Um, So I have pretty much taken every step of my life with Jesus here at Vanguard. I accepted Christ while I was here. I was baptized here. I sat in these seats watching so many brilliant teachers like uh, Kelly and Candice and all of our wonderful teachers teaching up here. So it's really cool to be up here now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of my own life story and growing up here. See, senior year, I went hiking with my brother Nathan on Blodgett Peak. Um, and the Waldo Canyon fire went through there and completely destroyed a lot of the vegetation, which caused a lot of erosion. Uh, It was the middle of January, or it was the start of January, so middle of winter. Um, We hiked up there to watch the sunset, and we started hiking down as the sun was setting. It was a great hike. I loved being up there with my brother, but as the sun started to go down, it started getting darker, and I started to lose track of the trail. the area I was hiking in started to get really steep, and I was like, hey, Nate, this is getting too steep. I think we should cross back over. I think we're on the wrong side of the ravine. Find the trail on that side. There was a little patch of ice, and I thought, that's all right. I'm just going to hop over to the other side where there's some grass. Um, unfortunately, when I landed on that grass, what I didn't realize was I was on the top of a frozen waterfall. Uh, the trees and the setting sun made it too dark for me to see that I was actually on the edge of the cliff, and when I landed on the grass, my foot slipped on the ice underneath it, and I free fell about 50 to 60 feet backwards. Um, I actually ended up shattering my back in several places, and the shards of my vertebrae were millimeters away from severing my spinal cord completely. Um, I might not be the uh, brightest guy, I'm a little bit stubborn, so I thought, it's, the, it's my senior year of wrestling, if I get too hurt, I can't finish my senior year. So I convinced myself, if I can walk off this mountain, it can't be that bad. So my brother and I got up and we hiked about three or four miles down the mountain, and eventually I got the medical help I needed, but I lost my senior year. I didn't realize my back was broken, and they put me in a back brace, and after a couple weeks, uh, my back healed, and I didn't actually have to have surgery, and I was able to walk, um, and I was that close to losing my life. Um, But in that process, I realized that sometimes following Jesus isn't always easy. I really wanted to finish my senior year. That's what I had dreamed about for years, and that's what I was working towards. That was my dream. And in a moment, I lost it. And I think so often we think, Jesus, I feel closer to you than I've ever been before, and yet life is starting to feel a lot harder. And as a kid growing up, that always confused me, and that really hit me in that moment when I lost wrestling, was, Jesus, I feel closer to you than I've ever been 
yet life feels harder than it ever has before? And that's a question that I think all Christians wrestle with. And we're going to take a moment and see a woman in the Bible who struggles with the same idea. Um, also, I want to welcome everyone who's online joining us. Thank you for coming. Um, if you guys would join me in turning to Matthew 15, we're going to be in 21 through 28. Um, and I think if we want to make Jesus's story our story today, we have to ask, how do I respond when Jesus challenges me? Because in this life, we're going to face challenges. And if you're not ready for them, you're not going to respond well. So we're in Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs from the, that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This passage has always confused me. I grew up in the church and I would read this and I was like, wait, Jesus ignores her and then it, he's calling her a dog and then yet he heals her daughter. What is going on here? And I, I've wrestled with this many different times in my life and I'm sure you guys have because growing up I was told Jesus is loving. Jesus helps those in needs. Jesus did all these miracles to heal people. And then here it's like, oh, Jesus is ignoring her and calling her a dog. And I think on the surface level, this doesn't look like the Jesus we know. But if we take a moment and really actually dive in and see how Jesus is interacting, we see how, Jesus, how loving Jesus is and how he's actually growing the faith of the disciples and the Canaanite woman. So I just want to take a deeper look at this to see how Jesus actually is challenging them. It says, and Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, but did not answer a word. And his disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. The first challenge that we see in here is actually going to be for the disciples. If you look earlier at the beginning of chapter 15, the entire chapter is the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, why are your disciples defiling themselves? They're not washing their hands when they eat. And Jesus basically calls them out and says, don't you see it's not about the laws of man? It's about what Jesus, it's what God commands. It's not what you eat that defiles a person. It's what comes out of your heart. So Jesus is challenging the disciples about their understanding of what is clean versus unclean. He's teaching them a lesson and then immediately he withdraws and goes into a Gentile community. He goes to a Canaanite descendants community, the enemies of Israel. So immediately we see Jesus is moving from teaching them to a challenge. 
And so our first point when Jesus challenges us, I think we need to take a quote from uh, Scar in The Lion King. We need to be prepared. So when Jesus challenges us, how we respond is one, to be prepared. When Jesus challenges or teaches us, he then challenges us. He brought the disciples to a Canaanite region right after teaching them about what is clean or unclean. And he wants to see, are you actually learning what I'm teaching you or are you just repeating things? It makes me think of this scene in Goodwill Hunting. There's a young grad student who comes out and he says, he just starts quoting this book that he just read to try to impress some girl. And Will actually calls him out on it. He's like, oh, you just read that book, but have you read all these other books? You're just repeating what you've heard. It's the same thing with Jesus. He doesn't want us just to repeat what we've been told. He wants us to actually live it out. So he's challenging the disciples to see, did you actually learn what I'm teaching you? Do you actually believe that the Gentiles might be clean because I'm witnessing to them? Or are you just repeating that? Are you just saying, heal her because you've seen me heal Gentiles? Or are you asking me to heal her because I actually love her? They say, heal her and send her away because she's annoying us. But he says, no, I want to heal people out of love. Not just because I can, but because I care for them deeply. He's challenging them on what he just taught them. He's also challenging their prejudice because they strongly believe that all of the Gentiles are unclean, that this social group doesn't deserve his love and attention. The disciples weren't really learning. They were just hearing it and repeating it. See, the actions that follow are what prove if we're learning or not. So as Jesus is teaching you, what actions are next? What's he challenging you to do now that he's taught you about something? If you're a new believer, a lot of times it's like, oh, Jesus loves me and calls me to love other people. But then Jesus actually wants you to love other people. And he'll bring people into your life to actually live that out. I've been preaching through love to all of the students. We've been going through 1 Corinthians 13, just like one phrase at a time. So it's love is patient. And that week, God gave me so many opportunities to practice my patience. And then it was love is kind. And I started realizing how unkind I actually am. But the amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit continually works through us. And as Jesus teaches us, he then gives us the ability to live it out through the challenges he gives us. So what has God been teaching you lately that you need to be ready for to be challenged in? The next challenge that we see is actually going to be for the woman says, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, but he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. See, this first challenge that the woman is facing, her daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But we see just how much this woman cares for her daughter. In that time, a lot of girls were just abandoned because they weren't boys. And if they were facing things like being possessed by a demon, it was easy for families just to leave them on their own and walk away. But this woman's heart was breaking for her daughter. My wife, Catherine, and I are expecting our first daughter in August. Thanks. And already I know just how far I would go for my daughter. I think the only thing that's harder for us in life than facing a challenge ourselves is to face a challenge for our loved one that we can do nothing about. So that's the challenge that this woman is facing is her daughter is oppressed by a demon and she's helpless about it. 
So point number two about what, how do we respond when Jesus challenges us is we need to press in. This woman could have walked away. Instead, she pressed into the challenge. Instead of leaving her daughter, she pressed in. She started looking anywhere she could to find the help that she needed. Instead of abandoning and crumbling under the face of pressure, she actually pressed in to the challenge and she sought Jesus. She actually loved Jesus so, she loved her daughter so much that she pursued Jesus. Now this broke so many social rules. First, she was a woman and women weren't supposed to approach men. She was also a Canaanite who was the enemy of Israel. So she shouldn't be interacting with Jesus at all. And yet she kept following him, calling out after him repeatedly. She was breaking all of the social rules. And I think when we see Jesus here, we say, oh, Jesus doesn't answer her a word. At first to us in our society, that really feels like, oh, he's just ignoring her. He's giving her the cold shoulder. But I actually want to spin this around a little bit and see how this is actually Jesus loving her really well. See, most of the Jewish men at that time, one, wouldn't even go there. And two, if a Canaanite woman was calling out after them, they would send her away. They would not even give her the chance. And yet he sits there and waits. And I think it's important to ask like, okay, why does Jesus wait? If you look at Matthew 9, I'm going to talk about two passages here, Matthew 9 and John 11, two examples of Jesus waiting or being too late. Matthew 9 is the story of Jairus, a synagogue leader, whose daughter falls ill. And he comes to Jesus and is like, Jesus, could you come and heal my daughter? And yet when he gets there, he's too late. She's already died. We see the same thing with Lazarus in John 11. Jesus purposely waits several days. And Mary and Martha say, oh, if you were just early, if you were here sooner, if you were just a little bit earlier, you could have saved my brother. But what we see is Jesus waits intentionally. When Jesus waits, it's to grow our faith. Both of those instances led to the dead being raised back to life. And what greater miracle is there than that? How, what thing can grow our faith more than seeing the dead come back to life? So when Jesus waits, it's intentional. It's to grow our faith. So when he waits in silence, not answering this woman, it's not out of just hating her, ignoring her. He's actually drawing her in deeper. He's waiting for a greater miracle so that her faith grows as well. I think it's really easy to be discouraged when we feel like Jesus is waiting. When we find Jesus for the first time, it's like he's right here face to face. We feel him so close. And then as we go on on our relationship, he starts to feel distant. Like, God, at the beginning, it was so easy. You were right here. I heard you. It was clear where I should go. I loved you. I felt alive. I felt you close. But now it doesn't seem like I can see you. And it feels like a challenge to keep following Jesus because he doesn't feel like he's there anymore. What I want to encourage you guys to is don't find that as discouraging. Actually find that encouraging. Because a lot of times we're looking for Jesus right here. But he's saying, no, 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 no. You're closer to me now. I'm actually moving over here. This is where I want you to be. I'm drawing you in closer. But the problem is we're still looking for Jesus over here. We're not following where he's going as he's leading us deeper. So if you feel like Jesus is distant or you're not at quite as close to him as you were at the beginning of your relationship, just know he's actually calling you deeper. 
and you might just not be looking in the right place. And he waits intentionally to grow our faith. So what areas of life does God seem distant to you right now? That he's actually trying to draw you in deeper. We see how the woman starts to respond to this challenge. Jesus answers her, or yeah, Jesus answers her and says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. See, at this point, Jesus hasn't done the work on the cross to bring the Gentiles in. So when he's saying this, there's an element of truth that he's only sent to the people of Israel at this point, but he's also challenging her Part of that's because I think the Canaanite woman was just using this formula she'd been given. She heard the, Gentile, or the Jews saying, this is Jesus, the son of David. And so she would come to him and she was like saying, oh, Jesus, son of David. And she was trying to use this formula to approach him. And again, Jesus is challenging her because he wants to draw her in closer. Whenever you press in to those challenges, there's always going to be pushback. And I think that's the thing that I struggle with. Like when I broke my back, at first it was easy being like, okay, God, this is a challenge I'm facing. This is hard, but I know like, I know you can heal me. I know you could heal me in time for state wrestling, if that's your will. And that's what I prayed for. But every time we press in, there's going to be pushback. And so there's a little bit of pushback here of, oh, I'm only sent to the children of Israel. And so how this woman responds is she surrenders it all. That's going to be point three for us today if you're following along on the program of when Jesus challenges us, we need to surrender all. See, she came and she fell to Jesus' feet and she said, Lord, help me. She reached a place where she was so desperate that she just fell at Jesus' feet and said, I don't care about the social rules. I don't know how to approach you well. Like if you're the son of David, I, I just need your help. She falls at Jesus' feet and pours her heart out to him. And that part's also really hard for me because I'm like, there's this woman just falling at Jesus' feet and then he calls her a dog? Like that confuses me. But pressing in can really be really painful. And a lot of times our instinct is to shrink back. If something's painful, why would we want to keep pressing into it? If something starts to hurt me, I'm like, no, I'm out. I don't want to keep feeling this pain. But what we see the woman do instead of shrink back is fall at the feet. She surrenders all of the outcome and just says, Lord, help me. You're the only one who can do anything about this situation. And just like Jesus in the garden, she says, I'm surrendering it all. You have control of this situation, but I'm going to pour out my heart to you. Jesus tells us to make our requests made known to him, to pour out our heart with prayer and supplication. And then we just need to trust God with the outcome. I think there's also a little bit of a challenge in there for us of, are we trying to approach God through this formula and saying, oh, if I just pray the right words, if I say, oh Lord, son of David, will you help me? Like maybe if I'm praying the right things, Jesus will respond. But all Jesus really wants is your heart for you to pour out your heart's desire to him. And so in this situation, after she presses in, she surrenders all. There's a little bit more pushback. We see that the Canaanite woman is going to push through those final challenges. So that's going to be number four for us today is push through. 
He answered her, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as your desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. She pushes through this challenge. She perseveres and keeps going. But the question that I want to come back to is, how is Jesus not moved by this woman at his feet saying, Lord, help me? Because every other time in the Bible, I've seen Jesus just respond out of compassion and be like, once they fall at his feet saying, great is your faith, go and it'll be done for you as you'd say. But here he says, no, you're, you're a dog and I'm sent to the children. That part has always confused me, but I think some of it's because of how I read it. I read Jesus responding as I've seen people act in life rather than reading Jesus's response as who he is. See, I read it as, I shouldn't give to the dogs what belong to the children. That's how I read it going up. But if we think about like, wait, what is Jesus' character? How would he actually respond? What I see Jesus doing is bending down on her level, helping her stand back up and looking into her eyes. He's valuing her as a person and drawing her even closer. And I think it's much less of a derogatory term as much as just saying, tell me why I should. Like, I want to hear your heart. Tell me why you should get some of this bread. And I think looking at the Greek also helps us understand this context a little bit. See, a lot of the Jews called the Canaanites kuons, kuons, which is the Greek word for dog. And it was a lot like a street dog that was just mangy and out in the streets. No one wanted anything to do with these dogs. And yet the word we see here, the word that we say Jesus used is kunarion. And so kunarion is the Greek word for a little dog, so a puppy or a, a dog in the master's house. So Jesus is taking a derogatory term of the time and actually flipping it on its head and saying, no, you're welcomed in the house. We see that in her response saying, yet even the dogs sit at the master's table and get the crumbs. So she understands what Jesus is doing here. He's bringing her in and saying, no, you're already in the master's house. You have a place at the table. You might not be seated in the chair at the table yet because I haven't done the work on the cross, but you're in the house. You deserve to be in the master's presence. And yes, you will get the scraps. Like that, it, he, she gets it. And this is a challenge for the, uh, for the disciples because they don't get it. And here he's challenging them and saying, no, see, she belongs at the table. I think the beautiful part is Jesus knows exactly how much our faith needs to be tested. See, if this woman cried out, oh Lord, son of David, have mercy on me, my daughter's possessed, and he just said, yes, go, she would have never drawn near to Jesus. And yet between his waiting, her falling at his feet, and then bringing her close, this entire action was to grow her faith and understanding of who Jesus is. He wants us to be close to him. He wants us at the table. And so if Jesus is challenging you, and you feel like you've been just pressing on for a while, I want to encourage you to keep persevering. I have this one friend who has been on my heart my entire life. I've known him since I was two. He was a next door neighbor. And my entire life, I've been praying that he would come to know the Lord. And the longer I know him and the more I pray for him, it feels like 
the more in the ways of the world he is, the further he runs from Jesus. And I think we all have these challenges where I've been challenged by Jesus to keep praying for him. And my heart's dream is to be able to do ministry with him one day. But it feels like the more I press into that and the more I surrender the outcome, the harder it gets. And I think we all have those challenges where it feels like our entire lives, we don't see any fruit of it. But we've got to keep pushing through. We've got to surrender our idea of what that outcome should be and keep persevering and understanding like Jesus wants to draw us in. And sometimes that waiting, sometimes that distance is actually to grow our faith and our understanding of who he is. So if you guys are experiencing some of that, whether you're a first time Christian or you've been walking with Christ for a long time, or if you haven't experienced Christ, Jesus loves you deeply. He wants to bring you into the table he paid the price on the cross so that we could. And then he conquered the grave and rose three days later and we just celebrated that last week. Jesus wants to be in relationship with you. And if you're starting to feel discouraged because it's been getting hard and challenging, instead of being discouraged by that, I want you guys to feel encouraged and say, oh, maybe God's just waiting. Maybe he's drawing me deeper to grow my faith and my love. So be encouraged by that. So just reflect and think, where in my life is God challenging me? How do I need to be prepared to be challenged in that? How do I need to press in, surrender the outcome, and then keep persevering through it, keep pushing through? Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.